This episode is brought to you by Anchor, the easiest way to make a podcast ever. It's a powerful mobile app and web tool that lets you record a podcast anywhere and distribute it everywhere. It's great whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out. And it's 100% free. Anchor provides creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast so it sounds great. You can record your show straight onto Anchor on your phone, iPad, or the web and use any mic you want. Record alone, with friends, or co-host anywhere in the world. Plus, your listeners can send you voice messages that you can then incorporate right into your episode. If you want to produce your show using another app, you can upload your own audio directly from web or mobile and still take advantage of Anchor's totally free podcast hosting. Here at Anchor, they'll distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard everywhere. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more. So your listeners can choose where they want to hear your show. Really don't need a recording studio, expensive equipment, or a bunch of technical knowledge to deal with the podcast feed. Just get started and join the diverse community of podcasters already on Anchor. Download the Anchor app available on the App Store and Google Play, or go to anchor.fm on your desktop to get started. and welcome to another episode of Chat Time. I am UVSA Ontario's BB Technology as well as Eastern Canada's CoCore. Hey everyone, I'm Natalie and I am one of UVSA's uh, co-social media leads. And today we have Vicky Mai who came all the way from uh, Vancouver. And Vicky Mai is a Vancouver-born University of British Columbia alumnus with a Bachelor of Science in Biology focusing on animal physiology and biomechanics and a minor in Applied Animal Biology. Uh, she's currently pursuing a Doctor of Pharmacy at her alma mater. Uh, currently, her undergraduate years, she served two terms as president and one term as alumni advisor for UBC VSS, and also began her three-year term as Western Canada representative for UNASA. Vicky attended, attended UNASA 13 and UNASA 14 as a staff member and took on the role of hospitality director for UNASA 15. Currently, Vicky is the UNASA 16 Executive Director, and the 16th Annual UNASA Leadership Conference will be held in Vancouver, British Columbia. Hi, Vicky. How are Hi. you? Really good, thank you. I'm really glad to be here today. I'm glad you're here as well. How long has it been since you've been in Toronto? I think it's been almost 10 years or so since I've been here. It's Ten been years. quite a while, yes. And how is it now compared to what it was 10 years ago? Um, I went back when I was really little, so it's honestly like the CN Tower is much smaller than I remember just being a child. Yeah, but it's it's much colder than I remember here too. It's definitely colder than home, but it's uh, it's a really nice city, so I'm, I really am glad to be exploring Vancouver or Toronto as opposed to here today. So in the month of March, we are trying to discuss more about leadership mm-hmm. and what it means to be a leader. And because you've been doing so much in UNASA, <laughs> and you're very well known in UNASA, for those for those for those people who do not know what UNASA is, would you mind explaining a little bit more about that? Yeah, of course. Um, UNASA stands for the Union of North American Vietnamese Student Associations. It's a nonprofit, nonpartisan, community-based organization who really aspires to cultivate the next generation of youth leaders in their community here, especially in the North American community. So what does being a leader mean to you? 
for me, leadership really depends on, I guess, as a person, being a role model is the most important thing. Um, you stand in a very high position of authority, often in leadership, and a very trusted position that involves a lot of accountability and a lot of responsibility. And of course, that has a lot of pressure associated with it. But I think. Uh, the most important part, at least for me as a leader, is to make sure that in order to cultivate the next generation of leaders, um, we set ourselves as good role models and um, do it in a way where we can teach the younger generation how to do or how to be a leader or how to find their own way of being a great leader. Because as you know, uh, leadership means different things to many different people. And to be able to empower them so that they could uh, look up to you see what you're doing, and then be inspired to take that role on in the future as well. Because like, even for me, like in terms of like the VSA community, I started last year. So being a leader, I feel like I have to like look up to that, that person because I don't really know how to be that leader. And then, you know, having them just, you know, help me out or show me things around or, you know, just in that sense, I, I, I guess that would be a leader in my uh, definition. I'm not sure if I'm correct or if I'm wrong. It really is what you get out of it. Mm -hmm. And also, there is that saying that, you know, don't just be a sheep, right? Like, even though you might not be in a position of power, simply, you know, standing for what you believe for, but also being able to listen and communicate with others, that's also important traits of being a leader, right? So rather than just simply mindlessly following whatever someone tells you to do, it's you following something you believe in and also trying to stand up for things that you believe in that's also what makes a leader and you know being able to be honest to yourself and communicating things that you believe in that's like that's pretty important too like it's not simply just looking up to whoever's above you because they might not be all that you know you believe in and being able to voice that is pretty important in my mind yeah, I think it's it really is what you said, Nelly. Mm -hmm. um, when you when you think about being a leader, um, I think the thing that sets a lot of individuals apart as leaders are just um, being able to know what you stand for, what your values are, and staying true to that. And I think that's really it's really easy when you're in an organization, you're caught up with what you have to do and what you have to do outside of the organization. It's easy to forget why you're doing it, and so remembering why you're doing something what your values are and staying true to that are really important facets of being a leader and i would also argue um, that being a leader also means knowing when and how to be a good follower as well because you can't always be at the very top of a leadership role um, being a leader also means supporting the team in whatever way is possible in order to get things done and whether that's knowing when you're outside of your scope or your boundary or knowing when you could benefit something in a different way is also very important as well. So it's not necessarily even always being a figurehead. There's leaders on many different levels and personal leadership is where it starts. Yeah. Being disciplined, being vigilant and all of that and moving up towards that, then we can move up into a very big role model role. And often I think being a role model, you don't even realize when you're being a role model. It's usually when other people tell you. Because you're always, even, yeah. you always strive to be yes. a better version of yourself. And you know, if people look up to that, then people look up to that. But maybe it might not be now, it might not be then, but you'll always have someone looking up to you and you always have someone you're looking up to. So like, I guess you can say like, you know, if you're like managing a huge like committee or something like that, that would be in a sense of being a leader. 
Well, I guess it's yes, that's being a leader, but also the way you style how you're leading the organization. That's you looking up to someone that you're styling it off. Because as you said, you know, you look up to someone else initially, and that's you trying to improve yourself, improve who you are. But then also, as you know, Vicky said, you listen to those beneath you, right? It, it, there's that phrase where it's not. A, a great man is not made by his actions, but how he listens to his followers, and that does ring quite true. You know, you're not built simply in your power, but you're built on everyone else who you know supports you, and so. So I mean, for Vicky, you've been in part of USA for a very long time, and you've been part of NASA <laughs> for a very long time. Um, at what point uh, do you see yourself being that kind of leader? <laughs> Um, like what was like, like the best part like in, in all your years in VSA at what point did you feel like you were you know that leader like you, you were there to you know in all the definitions that you mentioned you know I well I guess I'll give you a secret um <laughs> I've never felt like I was that leader um I never for or never saw myself as somebody that others looked up to or somebody who was going to be that figurehead and sometimes I even catch myself feeling very uncomfortable um, when people see me in that position because I'm not used to it I never thought of it that way um, I guess in my journey to improve myself and in the journey to I guess strive to find something better or a different way to do things or uh, build those personal relationships I, I guess you can say I came up to the point where I started to realize like oh hey um, what I'm doing is doing a good thing for at least one person or two people or even more people and it made me want to do more for the community and so I naturally kind of moved in that direction where I consistently tried to challenge myself even if I did feel uncomfortable and do more and be the do be the best person I could be in order to help out the community so I would say for me as a leader um, the secret to even being, I guess, a role model, if you could say that, is even even your role models never really see themselves as the perfect leader. Um, we're always striving to improve ourselves. There's always somebody else that you're looking up to as well, as you said, and um, focus on that journey and moving upwards there. Sometimes I look back and I, I think about like, oh, like I don't remember how I get good, how big of a step it might have been to um, take charge of this. I just thought of it as like, this is a challenge. I feel like I could be capable of this, or even if I didn't feel like I was capable, maybe I could learn how to do this. And that's the direction I went in, I suppose. But in terms of feeling like it, I, I don't know. I always have to convince myself sometimes to feel to feel like I'm a leader. I, I feel even when I'm talking to other individuals that I would consider a leader, um, Sometimes they don't recognize it either, and I, it, it takes me having to say like, hey, I think a lot of people look up to you and you're doing a good thing, and they're like, oh, I didn't think about it that way, but um, easy to lose sight, I guess. Mm -hmm. When you're when you're focused on your own goal, you're not really looking at, like, am I a leader, am I not a leader? I'm not sure. I, agree, <laughs> I don't know if it's just me. Um, no, no. I, I, I think, you know, you always hear people like me, like, I'm a leader. Like, I mean, I've been in situations like that, too, and I think part of it is recognizing that you could be and maybe are a role model to others but it's also you know not letting that get to you you know you you always have something else to learn from someone else and you know as you said like looking up to others who 
you know, you take you, you you learn to be the best. You learn to be the best that you can be, who you believe you can be. But you know, that's always that's always an improvement throughout your whole life. Mm-hmm. So I guess in a way, it's like over. It's like getting over that roadblock throughout the years of trying to be your better self. Like I remember seeing like um, seeing someone on TV, like Matthew McConaughey, is like, you know. Who do you look up to? You look up to yourself, and then five years later, who do you look up to? And the answer is still five years uh, into the future. Like you're still looking, you're still trying to improve yourself every single time, and there's no like end. You're just always improving yourself, and that's why like that's actually a really good quote, and actually it's you know, really meaningful. And you know, I take that for granted. But um, is there any point where you felt like less of a leader, where like, you just don't feel it at? all or maybe you know or maybe has someone ever even told you that you aren't a good leader like has has that ever um occurred at any point um i definitely have had points of self-doubt especially when um i guess i'm trying to do something or i'm trying to get something done and it doesn't turn out the way i wanted it to be or i didn't anticipate for um, maybe somebody else for a different situation and sometimes yeah like when, when I was leading my VSA at my school, um, I, I guess at that point I had to, me as a president, I had to let somebody go from the team. And even to this day now, I, I don't know if I regret that decision or not, because I feel like I could have supported the person more. I feel like it could have gone in many different ways. And if I had maybe paid more attention to what was happening, if I had maybe approached something in a different way or gave them more support in a certain way that it wouldn't have turned out like that. And it's, it really is something that I think about still. Um, and oftentimes when I think back to that, I, I think like, well, that was like the lowest part of me. Like I, I feel like I wasn't a leader then because I didn't recognize all of these signs and I didn't act in the way that was befitting of the way I should have acted. But Thinking of that, that's also a growing point because we're definitely not perfect people. Um, I think the last few years of my journey so far, thinking back on that and something that kind of haunts me sometimes when I think about it is just thinking like, okay, well, how can I be better than that now? And how can I take that experience of when I felt really low and change it into something for the better? And that's, that's all part of the growing process because definitely... People like to put some leaders on pedestals and the thing that we all like to hide are our failures <laughs> because it's embarrassing to talk about and it's embarrassing to admit, but we all have them. And I think if somebody's looking up to somebody, it's important to know that we're all human. So we're not perfect. Everyone Things happen. And just because you as a person make a mistake and you don't think that your role model did, doesn't make you less of a leader, doesn't make you less of a person. You might just not know what they went through either, and you can always learn from this as well. I mean, I, I do agree. Accepting your failures as a part of simply growing and, you know, discovering yourself is important. And this relates to all aspects, right? It's not simply, you know, growing as a leader, but it's also growing as a person. You learn to accept your failures, but you learn to also accept your successes. Don't dwell too much on the past but you learn from it you learn from it 
and you move on and you you fix it for the future. But if you dwell too much on your past, your regrets, you simply just get stuck in the past, right? You know, you see you see people saying, "Don't let history be repeat itself," but that simply will just happen if you just dwell on it too much because you're you're too afraid to let go if you're simply always thinking of that one thing you regret. So after you you know you reflect on it, you accept it. It's important to move on, and you let yourself try again, and I think that's the most important thing to being a leader. And that's also another good thing about being a role model: having the courage to just go out there and you know put yourself on the line. And you know, people will learn from that. You know, people will learn it's okay for me to try. And so I think that's a very important step of being a leader and also being yourself.、Mm-hmm. I've heard a lot in terms of you know, even though you make that mistake, you shouldn't dwell on it. I've heard that a lot, and、um, it's been an issue in the past at one point where I wasn't able to do that, and then you know I was just afraid because I'm like, okay, I don't know what people will think of me, and you'll start feeling judged, and then you just don't know, you know, how to express yourself after that. So then, but you know, after talking with people, and you know, then like you said, you know. Accepting that you know that mistake and you know learn from it and then grow yourself further from that mistake. I guess is just you know something very very valuable and something I've learned recently and something I've just you know started thinking about it more and more and repeating it in myself every day when I wake up and you know right before I go to bed you know I think to myself I'm like okay I had a bad day but I can make tomorrow like you know a better day kind of thing. But no, I do agree with that.、Um, How have your past experience determined how you lead or work today? Oh,、um, when I was younger, I looked up to a lot of different leaders in our community.、Um, I also then went into cadets, and I think、uh, lots of portions of cadets, especially my like being an officer training camp,、um, really helped define who I wanted to be as a leader and gave me the opportunity to practice in a safe space the type of leader I wanted to be. And then after that,、um, and being a leader there, figuring out what I wanted to do, I started to really realize、um, what was important to me. And I think when it comes to being a leader and knowing what style you want to lead as, you really have to be sure and think about what your values are and what you want to be known as. Or thinking about different situations, I'm sure you hear a lot of things over the news. You hear a lot of things over YouTube videos nowadays or Twitter. You can look at TED Talks, and、um, it really gives you the opportunity to look at other individuals and their leadership styles and decide, like, hey, is this the person I want to be? And from there, I, I would say, I try to emulate that person I wanted to be. And a lot of it because. I've I've heard for a lot of leaders there's imposter syndrome. I definitely do not doubt that it's true. I definitely experience it myself. But、um, from from that point forward, it's kind of a fake it till you make it process. I'm not gonna lie. That's that's how it happens half the time. You you're like this is who I want to be. What would this What would future me want to do? And then I I start to do it, and I definitely feel fake when I started out doing that. But then afterwards, it started to feel really natural. And I started to find ways that, or like experiences that made me feel really comfortable doing what I'm doing. And I think it,、um, after 
sitting in that for a while and being there I, and realizing like this is important to me for example empathy is really important to me how do I want to lead as an empathetic leader and what does an empathetic leader look like and as soon as I clearly define what those are when I think about like okay how am I going to react to something as an empathetic leader I can see like this is the response I want to formulate and I can think about it um, react that way and then gradually it just becomes natural I suppose that's for me at least I don't know about you I mean for me it's definitely kind of going back to you know being a leader is also a good follower um, kind of looking up and seeing you know these this is how I felt as a follower and using how I felt during certain moments I use that to kind of like use as a launching point on how I would like to lead others but also I think I think you use all the experience that you've ever been in you know no matter how small or insignificant you think that was you know just hanging out with friends um, being you know in a volunteering position you use everything to kind of be the leader that you are today you use your experiences and you use your interactions because a leadership is interacting with others and it's important that you know in order to build who you are as a leader, you use all the experiences in your arsenal to kind of shape who you, who, what you believe in, who you think you want to be, and like you said, you fake it till you make it. And you know, it's so scary to say, you know, just fake it because you know, it's the perfectionism. You know, everyone has that little bit in you, but again, it's the acceptance that failure will come but you accept it and you know that regardless of what failures you have, you have a support system, you, ha you believe in yourself and you move forward. And slowly and surely you continue to build away at who you are and what you are as a leader. So it's very much like trial and error at that point because mm -hmm. even like when you meet someone new, you're very you know, like shy and whatnot. So yeah. you know, trying to be someone you're not just to impress them or like make them think that you could be you could potentially be that leader but that's not you it's a process I've, it's a process everything's a process in life right everything you know you start off being barely able to sit up and then now you're all the way at like <laughs> running running you're upright you know mm -hmm. and you know it's the same thing it's a whole life thing you see some people reach you know you see kid geniuses or you see, you know, geniuses in their 70s, and you, you, there's a gray area. You never know where you'll be. And it's always a process. It's always a process. Yeah, and I, I think when you think about role models and like, oh, I want to be this person, I want, I want to emulate them in some way, um, it's, it's important to remember that everyone's journey is different. And as you said, like our experiences shape who we are. And because we have those different experiences though, we see the world in a different way. And so like even, you can't, you can't necessarily strive to be exactly like that person. You need to find your own method to the madness. You need mm -hmm. to find your, your own leadership that works for you. So let's say I wanna be an empathetic leader. I, I'm going to do this, I'm going to say it like this, and then maybe I go up to somebody and I'm talking to them and I think like, okay, wow, 
I feel really fake. <laughs> and I don't like how I feel when I'm doing this. Maybe then it's time to reevaluate and see like, is this really what I want to do? Do I want to keep trying this or do I want to try something else? That's, I think that's okay. Um, you're, you're allowed to change your mind. <laughs> you're allowed to find other ways that you can try and do things. But um, when I really say fake it till you make it, it's, it's really just a confidence thing. Mm -hmm. it's, it's more so like a, like one time I went up to speak, uh, I, I did a workshop once. <laughs> I know, <laughs> I did a workshop once and I, um, I finished the workshop, things went okay. And then one of my friends came up to me and she was like, wow, like you really nailed that. Um, I, I don't know how you can go up there and talk and not be nervous. And I looked at her and I was like, are you kidding me? I, my heart is pounding right now. I feel like I'm dying. <laughs> like speaking in front of the crowd gives me so much anxiety. I, when I was little, I always wanted to be that person that was able to speak and do all of that. Um, like everything. I was like, wow, like I'm such a shy little person. I don't know what to do. I, I can barely go up in front of the stage without like freezing. But in order for me to get up to that point where um, I was able to do that. I had to put myself in that position over and over again and essentially fake it to make it went up there. Hmm, I'm not nervous. No, not at all. Right. <laughs> and then afterwards, after I did that enough, um, I would say that nervousness didn't go away and it still really doesn't go away for me, but I can still go up there and it's, it's a little bit of a rush and um, I can still accomplish what I want to. And I think when I relate that to being back, like going back to being a leader, like sometimes when you feel like you're not a leader or when you feel like you're not quite there, in uh, over your head. You're, you're, yeah, you feel like you're in over your head. Uh, sometimes feeling that way is like okay. And then when you do it enough, it, it just becomes a part of you and it become, you become natural at it and you don't even know. Because for, for me, I thought I was nervous when I was doing that. Apparently people didn't think I was nervous. So that's it's like building yourself But in order to get there I had to be okay with going up in front of the crowd and People realizing I was really nervous and stuttering mm -hmm. and I had to be comfortable with being uncomfortable Before I could get to that place where I could improve myself and be who I wanted to be mm -hmm. Have you ever like going up a public speaking? Have you ever like gone to the point where you actually have to like imagine something or like you have to imagine no one is in the audience and you're talking by yourself just to like increase that sort of confidence? Uh, when I was younger, <laughs> my, my dad used to be a big public speaker so he tried to always like talk me through it when I was little and first of all my one of my teachers when I was younger was like you just imagine everybody naked that's what <laughs> right? and I was like I, I don't that. know why you say that that sounds terrifying <laughs> I can't do that. I can't look at anybody then, right? And my dad was like, just remember that they're like watermelon heads or just oh, like, goodness. Or, or something like that, right? And they, they all tried to play with different ways so I could like go up there and think about it and will not think about it. And then finally my dad said like, you just choose one or two or three points in the room. It doesn't even have to be a person. It can be the top of their head or it can be just like a foot above their head at the wall in the back and you choose one for each side of the room and the center and all you do is you look there, there, you back and forth and you move your head across the audience as you're speaking but you don't actually look at anybody um, but it looks like you're looking at every single person there and it kind of looks like you're making eye contact with them too but you're not actually looking at them and that's how I kind of overcame the fear I just kind of like 
looked above everybody's heads vaguely at them. But like, honestly, everybody finds a different way of um, making it work. I just would not recommend imagining people naked. I mean, personally, <laughs> I kind of blank when I go up there, as in all I can think about is just what I know I want to say. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I do look at people and I do acknowledge them, but for me, it's it's not no longer caring that they care. You know, you're up there for a reason. You're you're there to give your message, and it shouldn't matter what they think because you're now there. Their attention is now on your words, not you, not how you say it, not what you do, but what your words are, your message. And I think for me. It's simply just trying to deliver the message to the best that I want to deliver it and not really caring at all what they think because ultimately it could be anyone saying the same things, right? It doesn't matter that it's you, you're just simply there. So for me, it was always just, you know, I want to say this and I'm just going to say it. I kind of forget that there's maybe 50 people in front of me. But yeah, you know, just kind of go for it. And a five minute talk turns into a blur that you don't remember. Yeah, and then you finish like, yeah. did I just finish something? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, and it's regards to public speaking too. I um, One time, uh, really embarrassing because I, I find it very hard to speak Vietnamese. And at one point, like, I'm going to be very honest, it, it was hard. Like, growing up, I was, I was always laughed at. Um, when I tried to speak Vietnamese because of my accent and being like a very young, impressionable child, I I was like scared of being judged and I didn't speak Vietnamese at all after that. I just stopped. Um, but a few years ago, I was asked to speak at um, our public library at home um, for the elders at a, that presentation. And parts of the speech that was given to me was in Vietnamese oh. and I, I had a heart attack because that's a whole <laughs> new level of uncomfortable for me, which is fine. Um, but I, I stumbled through the words. Um, I accidentally said some, like, something in terms of a food word that I wasn't supposed to. I said a different food, I said like bacon instead of pork or something. Um, just out of context, it, it just didn't match. Um, and I was embarrassed, but I just kind of laughed it off on stage because what's done is done. <laughs> And then afterwards, I got up and I didn't understand why some of the elders were crying. <laughs> but, but I think for them, um, they tried to explain it to me after. It was just kind of the fact that I went up there and I tried. And even though I struggled, I put the effort into it. It really meant a lot to them. And I think when you're thinking about it that way, if you give yourself the grace to make mistakes on stage and to be put in that vulnerable position, people can see that and they'll be okay with that. And I, I think that's evidence as well in terms of like a lot of performers, some individuals at culture shows um, forget lyrics to songs and that doesn't, they don't just stop the song because they don't remember the lyrics, they kind of play it off, the audience maybe laughs a bit or starts cheering to support them because we're honestly not here to push each other down either, right? And then everything moves on and it's okay. So. Just remembering, like, even real-time mistakes, that's okay. You just got to let yourself move past it and take a breath. Even that, like, the whole, like, speaking Vietnamese in front of an audience, I never really speak Vietnamese in front of an audience. The last time um, I usually, I would usually speak Vietnamese is back when I was in VSA. 
and you know having to explain you know what UVSA is and um, you know what we do and whatnot I had to think of it as I'm talking in a conversation mm -hmm. and I'm not like explaining it as like an info like like an infomercial or something like that, right? I have to like think of it as, okay, I'm casually talking to someone just so I don't say the wrong words. Mm -hmm. And, but being born here, what I start doing now is going back and forth between English <laughs> and Vietnamese. Yeah. And it happened to me um, when I went back to Vietnam. Uh, a best friend of mine had a wedding and he asked me to speak in front of his family, the uh, bride's family. Oh <laughs> I wrote everything down on my phone. I translated everything on my phone. But as soon as I started speaking Vietnamese, everyone laughed. Mm -hmm. Why? Because the words that I translated, even though I know what it means, I couldn't say it. I couldn't pronounce it properly. And so everyone started laughing. And then at one point, I just like sat there, like I know it was like a stage, so I sat there, I stopped, I looked at everyone, and I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna say everything in English. I f did the same thing again. I just looked at the bride and groom and talked in English. Whether they understood me or not, I tried to do it in my tone, like the way I said it. So I still like, I still look back at it and I still laugh because I'm like, I couldn't manage to speak Vietnamese properly even though like I want to and I want to, you know, showcase that, you know, as a Vietnamese Canadian, I, I don't, I do not only know English, I know Vietnamese as well, but it's just so hard to showcase that. But, you know, in the end, you know, I did my speech in English, I read it off my phone and, you know, they're like, no, I, we loved it, you know, the fact that you decided to go up on stage and explain or you know do a speech for like five to ten minutes takes guts and you know not everyone can do that and you know it takes time like I went from talking about my life story um, having a medical condition to like you know talking at a wedding and that was my very first time so I, I totally I, I totally get the whole you know Vietnamese English and a language barrier when talking in front of other people but it doesn't get easier even like when you say the same thing over and over again like the same speech or the same topic it never gets easier and i've noticed that like it just doesn't get easier you just get better at it. yep <laughs> yeah <laughs> but when you when you say one topic do you change the way you would uh, <laughs> Oh, I never I never go scripted. I know for myself I will stutter, I will forget. I kinda just go off at it. I just honestly in my I've done so many things impromptu at this point that honestly, just first, talk slowly. Mm -hmm. Second, be as confident as you can, and third, just go. Honestly, your brain to mouth is so much better than you think it is. The moment you stop and you think about it, it it'll stop. It'll, you'll mm -hmm. stutter, you'll stop. Just let it go. Let it go. Like the song. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that popped into my head. As you see, it just kind of came out. There you go. It is also in terms of like learning about your leadership style too and yeah. your, your capabilities of doing something mm -hmm. like that. I learned how to improvise 
a lot through practice and through um, messing up a lot. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've stuttered um, for years. But now I, I can't really do scripted anymore. I guess I, I can, but it's hard. It doesn't Ooh, feel natural. Yeah. But in terms of like being a leader, just because you can't do that doesn't mean you're not a leader. It just means your style is completely different. Mm -hmm. And so it really is about finding what works for you. And what works for us is definitely mm -hmm. improv. What works for somebody else, maybe not. Yeah. But it's recognizing that. And so what advice would you give to other young Vietnamese leaders out there? Um, I think in terms of advice, the most important thing I would say is that you're never growing unless you're uncomfortable. And being okay with being vulnerable um, in your position and what you're doing, being uncomfortable, that's important because it means you're growing. And if you're too comfortable in what you're doing, you're being complacent. And so if you want to be a better leader, if you want to get there in the community and try something new, you're going to be faced with a lot of situations where you're not going to feel like you know what you're doing. But it's moving past that and being able to learn from that, um, take constructive criticism, and then move on. That's really important. But if you're doing something and you find that you're getting bored or it's, it's getting formulaic, then maybe it's time to try something new. And from that, that's when you're going to grow as a leader. That's when you're going to get all this, like a broad variety of experiences that will help you um, shape your responses to things and talk to other individuals as well. And I think um, being able to recognize um, that in yourself and to challenge yourself is important, I would say. And for me, just tackling more of the Vietnamese part, you know, Growing, being born in Canada, you know, growing up like Vietnamese in a very predominantly non-Vietnamese community, it's the pride you have in acknowledging that you aren't just Canadian, you aren't just part of, you know, what society tells you, but you're, you're part Vietnamese. Regardless if you know how to speak the language, you know any of the customs or the culture, it's the pride itself that, you know, you have, you know... You just, you simply have the Vietnamese in you. It doesn't matter if you know the language or not, because simply understanding and being Vietnamese, you're being a Vietnamese leader because you're in a community where there's not many Vietnamese people. This is why we have UNAPSA, we have your individual VSAs. You're, you're banding together as a community, but you're also standing out as an individual. And, you know, what Vicky said about, you know, being able to accept you know, your failures and whatnot, you know, there might be times when you're either you regret or you're ashamed of being Vietnamese, but eventually recognizing that and being proud of who you are, that's important. And so that's just being part of just a Vietnamese Canadian and also a Vietnamese leader. Piggybacking off that Vietnamese Canadian, you know, after 16, being hosted in Vancouver, it's like the very first Canadian leadership conference. What's your vision in terms of that as an executive director? Definitely as executive director, I've always really wanted to go into NASA, especially being in Canada for the first time, to focus on your identity. And so I would say it in three different tiers. Uh, the first part of my vision is to really let an individual explore their own personal story, their own narrative, and learn what it means to be empathetic and be the leader that they want to be. And as soon as somebody is able to reach that point where they're sure of what their values are and what they want and who they want to be, we as a Vietnamese Canadians um, 
as much as we are all individual, we all share the same identity, as you said. We all sh we have a shared narrative, and being able to recognize your place in that story and our collective story is really important in being able to progress as a community and being able to learn from each other as well because your experiences are different than mine and your experiences might be similar in some ways and being able to reconcile those differences and celebrate where we're similar and then also recognizing what we can do with that and the power that we have in that diversity to move forward as a Vietnamese Canadian community and um, diversify and be courageous and make an impact in the community is really important. And so I really hope at a conference moving along those tiers, we can move up to the point where we can critically think about other individuals, not even necessarily Vietnamese Canadians, but other minority groups in Canada and North America as well, and recognize where they're coming from, what their experiences were and their struggles are. Critically think about how we can work together um, and learn all those lessons and use that in order to create a better change in our overall community and that's that's really where i want to go with uh, unasa 16. because i know i was i was part of unasa 15 last year in atlanta georgia so i'm really excited as to you know what you have in store in terms of unasa 16 you know being in canada for your very first time so for someone who has no idea what unasa is or where where can they find more information you can definitely find more information. Um, there's going to be our conference website, which will host a lot of the information and the resources that you can find as well um, in terms of our conference. And if anything, if you still have any more questions, you can definitely reach out to your uh, representatives as well in your community or even out to me as well. We have an email for that you can find on our website. And we, we're always free to talk to you about what it means and any questions that you may have as well. But um, more information will definitely be coming out soon. So I would say stay tuned for that. All right, well, thank you very much uh, today for coming in and you know talking about what it means to be a leader and you know with all your experiences and whatnot. I hope that there's a lot of Canadian representation out there and you know, and they take your word for granted and that they do show up you know, to UNASA 16 because you know it'll be, it's, it'll be a huge milestone and I'm really excited <laughs> with that. <laughs> I'm yeah. really excited with that, yeah. Well, thank you for having me here. And for all of you watching today, I really hope that you do consider going out to conference. Um, it really is a place where you get to network with other individuals. And if you don't manage to make it out to conference as well, um, I believe your region also has a regional summit as well. Either way, I would challenge you to really step out there, push your boundaries, and see what kind of a leader you can be and what impact you can make in the community. Awesome. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you.